Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. Christmas in March. That's what free agency is to me, and I know it is to a lot of other football fans as well. Listen, if you're a 49ers fan, I think most of you probably like what you found under the tree. This is Al Sacco. He is Zane Nackby. Zane, it's been a while, man. How you been? A lot's happened, man. A, A lot has happened since the last time we recorded. The Chiefs got whooped in the Super Bowl just like they should have been whooped last year. Tom Brady got his seventh ring. There's a lot of team changing going on free agency. There's a lot of vote of confidence for Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden to be the quarterback next year or this coming season. There's uh, some players coming back that we didn't think would be back with the Niners. I mean, it's a lot going on. And I couldn't be happier with the way that this offseason has been for the 49ers. I cannot be more excited for the draft now at this point. And I think that you just hit on what the story is. And it's something that I didn't think was going to happen is that a lot of these players have come back. And what I thought was a crossroads offseason for the 49ers and really an offseason where they may have taken a step back, doesn't appear that that's going to happen now because some of these guys that we thought were gone are, are back for at least a year. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, 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 what the Niners have done is very smart because they've taken a depressed market and they've brought Chikwaski Tart back. They brought Jason Rett back. They bought, brought DJ Jones back. And yeah, it's only for a year and next year, well, I guess we'll have to worry about when next year comes. but. Now, all of a sudden, you're running back with a defense that looks strong again. The offense looks good. We'll talk about the quarterback thing. We'll see what's going to happen. But it doesn't look like this is a team right now that's going to go into next season with a rookie quarterback that wouldn't make sense just based on sort of the way they built this team is sort of running it back one more year with this group and seeing what happens. And obviously, there's guys that are going to be there. They're longer, but... Some of the main pieces that they brought back, especially on that defense, and and maybe somebody like Alex Mack is only there for another year or two. So it could be sort of a short-term thing. So really, really interesting to see how this all plays out. But I I was concerned that the Niners were not going to be a playoff team or, you know, one of those teams where you're like, ah, you know, I don't know. Things got to break their way. And now all of a sudden, to me, that roster looks playoff ready again, and I'm excited to see what they do in the draft. I mean, they've got the best one of the best offensive lines in the division now, Alex Mack, fantastic player. I love that signing. That's a signing that we were calling for actually for a long time, Al. I think that even when the season was going, then we knew that Alex yeah. Mack would be a free agent. We were saying that like, this guy would be the guy. Um, Eric Crocker came on our podcast, uh, like, you know, a couple, uh, a few weeks ago or a couple months ago now, but, and he mentioned how important that center position is to Kyle Shanahan's offense. And you, when you get a guy that knows that position in Kyle Shanahan's offense and is a pro bowler, and one of the better players at his position in the league, that's huge. Then you bring Trent Williams back, which they almost didn't. They almost lost him to Kansas City, damn the Chiefs. Almost lost him to Kansas City. They were able to sway him away from the Chiefs and get him back in a Niners uniform. You've got a bunch of guys returning from injury. You've got D Ford, who's potentially making a comeback, I hear. They restructured his contract to get him, uh, get that cap number a little bit lower. You've got uh, Emmanuel Mosley, like you said, and Barrett. You know, I didn't think Tart would come back at all. Now you're in a situation where you're going into the draft and you're like, all right, best player available. If like Devontae Smith falls to you at 12, I mean, man, although he's undersized, man, like a Heisman Trophy winner falling to you at that point, you've got to seriously consider making that pick 
or one of these others, these other corners falls to you, like Patrick Sertain or, you know, like any, any of these guys, Jace Horn, you really got to consider making these picks because you don't necessarily have any glaring needs anymore. Like people will say, yeah, the quarterback position, but I'm with you, man. Like, I don't think they go with the first round rookie because I don't think that Kyle wants to do that at this point in his career, in this tenure as the Niners coach, like you're in year five, you've got a roster that looks like it's ready to win now again. And I don't know if you have a year to let a rookie take his lumps at this point. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. So, you know, we'll see what happens and, and whether they hang on to Jimmy or not, but it's, it's trending that way. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that because of the injury history, injury history and everything, but it looks like they'll probably do a better job of surrounding him with better quarterbacks in the quarterback room in case he goes down yet again, because you can't count on him to finish a full season. So a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to talk about, super excited, man. Yeah, and let's kind of take it position group by position group. Because I agree with you in a sense in terms of the draft that, yeah, they can go BPA, but they also like they have to still plan for the future in the secondary and in its center and maybe a right tackle. And I'll get into that, but let's, let's take it, let's take it position group by position group and look at what they did with the free agents, sort of where they stand. So when we'll start with the offensive line, because you mentioned all of a sudden that group, we were concerned as Trent Williams going to come back. What are they going to do with center? Now that group that was a weakness looks like a strength and the big signing was Trent Williams. And, and look, I didn't think the Niners were going to go there. I didn't think they were going to pay him. Uh, the deal is essentially, it's a six year deal, but it's kind of like two different three year deals. And Williams will essentially, he got, I think he got 30 million up front. And then it's like a, I think it ends up being like 20 million a year. I'm awful at contracts. I'm not even going to try. Um, but so he's back, he's in the fold. And then you bring in Alex Mack, who's a center who's, who's played, I know he's towards the end of his career, but he's been one of the most durable centers in the league and durability for this team is huge. He's been in Kyle Shanahan's system. He's had big years with Shanahan. He's, he's going to be a linchpin for that offensive line in somebody that can transition for a year or two. And then you, you hopefully go to the long-term answer at center, but you got Williams, you have Mack. And then at the guard positions, a lot of people are like, well, they needed to upgrade at guard. Well, I don't think so. Lakin Tomlinson, again, has been incredibly durable and he's been a good guard for them. I mean, he's not an all pro, but he, he's a decent guard. And I think Daniel Brunskill with a full off season, a full training camp, not getting all moved around, stick him in a right guard, leave him there. Think he's going to be fine. I do. And all of a sudden, I think you got a, a good four there. And, and I mentioned about McGlinchey. I'm really interested to see what happens here, and I'll tell you why. McGlinchey's in the last year of his of his rookie deal. Now they can pick up a fifth year option, or they can extend him if they want to. But what I'm really curious about in the draft, there this is a deep tackle draft, and I wonder if somebody like a Rashawn Slater drops to twelve, or if they like that Darisaw guy or, or whoever. If there's just a tackle that the Niners really really like. I'm curious if they trade Mike McGlinchey and take a tackle on draft day. I think that's that's possibly a way they can go because do you really want to pay McGlinchey? I, I don't know that they do. He's a strong run blocker. He's inconsistency is inconsistent in the in the pass blocking game. Slater, to, I love Slater. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. But I wonder if that's where they can go. But regardless, saying this line looks a lot better now than it certainly did a few weeks ago. Yeah, I agree because we didn't know what was going to happen to left tackle. We didn't know what was going to happen at center. We didn't know what was going to really, that the outlook was going to be with the offense. They didn't really, they didn't have a plan going forward on how they were going to replace these guys. And the Trent Williams news kind of came out of the blue, which was a very pleasant surprise. 
But Rashawn Slater is, again, he's one of my favorite players as well in the draft. He's expressed his affinity for playing like a Kyle Shanahan style offense. He, he's come out and said that in his, in his pre-draft interviews. So he knows he's a fit here. The team knows he's a fit here. I think that that's something that's certainly not out of the question. Or if you, I mean, we know that Mike McGlinchey has never played guard outside of that one game. And the, it was uh, the first game of the 2018 season against Minnesota because of injuries. He had to play guard for the first time in his life. Some people thought maybe kicking him inside would be better. I, I mean, I'm not so sure about that. I don't think he's big enough to, to, to do that. But really, like, it would be a, a DeForest Buckner type of thing where you may not get, you're not going to get a first rounder back from McGlinchey, but you trade that, get a pick, and then you fill that hole with the superior player. Plus, you get the refresh on the rookie deal, um, which buys you a lot more cap room going forward, right? So I think that that's something that's not out of the question. And the way that you put it, like, yeah, they can go BPA, but yeah, I mean, they may be in a situation where somebody may want to trade up to 12 for a player that they really like. And the Niners could maybe trade back and pick up picks in next year's draft and be able to build a roster that way. Because look, the way that you build a roster to stay low on cap numbers is you have to have as many rookie contracts as possible, right? And that's not like bad rookie contracts, like productive rookie contracts, like a Nick Bosa or a Fred Warner or what Buckner was, right? Like guys like that, that can produce on the rookie deals. Those are usually the teams that stay successful for a long time, or at least the duration of those rookie deals. So while everybody's back for this year, they're going to have to somehow reset the roster somewhat and reset that cap a little bit. We know that it's going to go up next year. It went down because of COVID and all that stuff this year. We know that. So they are going to get some relief when it jumps up. They'll get more relief when they have more rookie contracts. They've got eight picks this year. Um, they've got several third round picks because of comp picks with uh, Mayhew and, and Salah leaving. And I think that if you don't get a tackle in the first round, I mean, you can get one in the second or third round as well, right? Like they have multiple picks there. You don't necessarily need a starter. You could have somebody that sits the bench. You've got Brunskill, who's like the swing everything offensive lineman, basically at this point, uh, kind of waiting in the wings to take over if McGlinchey leaves. So I don't necessarily think they need to get a tackle at 12, but like if Slater falls to you there, you got to think long and hard about that for sure. All right. So the next, the next position group I want to look at skill positions. Now, if nobody gets hurt, <laughs> the way things look right now, this is the best skill position group they've had in a while with, with Debo, IU, Kittle, mm-hmm. um, Moster, Juszczyk is back in the fold, Jeff Wilson Jr., but injuries happen. And what worries me here is there's not a lot of depth. So if you look at for the Niners, okay, so they brought in Trent Sherfield from the Cardinals, who's been more of a special teams guy. I don't even know who the hell he was, to be honest with you. But they said that the Niners liked him as a receiver. We'll see. I'm not putting any stock in that. I'm not putting any stock in Jalen Hurd, who hasn't played in two years and has never played an NFL game. Can't do that. River Crackcraft, can't put any stock in that. Richie James, okay, maybe. But the Niners need a little bit more to me at the receiver position, just behind those guys, just in terms of depth, depth. I thought Emmanuel Sanders would be great to add, but he was more, a lot more, a lot more expensive than I thought he would be. And he's a good fit in Buffalo. And even at running back, they didn't even be signed past this year. Um, so are they going to draft somebody there? Probably. I, I bet you they do in, in the mid rounds where they take a running back. So I do like where they are in terms of the starter zane, but I think more has to happen whether it's a draft, whether it's they pick up somebody else in free agency, just to get some depth there. Because if a couple injuries happen, all of a sudden you're looking around and you're like, who do we give the ball to? Who, who are our go-to guys? And you say, well, Al, are they all going to get hurt? Well, they did last year. <laughs> yeah. All those guys were hurt last year. So if you get in a situation where Kittle's out for a few games, which, which he tends to be, 
you know, he misses a game, you know, a couple games, it seems like every year. And if, if one of Debo and Ayuk are out, all of a sudden you got a problem. So I think that's something that, that, that they need to address. And, and again, there's still some time in free agency. There's still some guys out there and I've heard that they were interested in some receivers. So we'll see if, if anybody who's kind of left, maybe a golden Tate or somebody like that, they want to take a flyer on. We'll see. But um, that to me, the depth at running back and the skill positions kind of, kind of worries me a little bit. Yeah. They brought back Ross Dwelly, who's kind of an underrated signing because he can play fullback as well. If you check it, you check it's hurt. Um, and obviously being the backup to Kittle, another guy that we, we haven't heard at all about Al this offseason and getting any action from anybody, including the Niners is Jordan Reed. Like, mm-hmm. is he, is he playing next year? Like, I mean, cause he was, he was fantastic in the limited time he had last year in the scheme and he knows the scheme and Kyle knows him and he was really good. And I thought that he would be a shoe in for, for a resign. And I think what's happening is that he's probably going to be one of those late resigns. Um, maybe after the draft, like shortly before camp, because he's, he's a veteran. Like he doesn't need to, he doesn't need to come in and, and be with the team and learn to play. Like the guy, the guy knows what he's doing, right? He knows the scheme. So I, I think that if and when Reed signs, it'll be closer to camp. Um, ditto for Sherman, although he's not going to sign with the Niners. I think the same thing with Sherman. Like at this point, he's kind of weighing mm-hmm. his options. But, but like, yeah, Jordan Reed, they can bring him back. That kind of alleviates a little bit of the pressure off the wide receivers because then you have another target that you can throw to when when Kittle's on the field. But yeah, wide receiver three is a big problem. They don't have any depth there. Um, people are, again, Jalen Hurd, you can't count on that. Like a, a guy that's never played a, a meaningful down in the NFL, you can't count on that guy to all of a sudden come in. Juwan Jennings is, is a sixth round pick. He's, he's a late round pick from last year, or seventh round pick, I think, from last year. You can't count on that to really produce very much right now. Again, Devontae Smith, if he falls to you in the draft, number 12, I'm not saying he's wide receiver three, but you put him in the mix of Ayuk, who is going to be a star, and Debo, who's just like baby Bolden, and you throw Devontae Smith in there, oh my God. Like, that's, that is a really scary skill group. So I think they're going to address it through the draft. I don't think they're going to address it too much for free agency because I think that, again, because of cap room, I'd rather have rookie contracts than free agent contracts right now at this point. You've got your starters. Let's address, address the depth of the draft. Yeah. Yeah, I know running back too. I, di- I didn't mention Jamichael Hasty, but he- he's yeah. a guy again. I, I got to see it from. He-, he didn't really get a ton of action last year when he could have averaged three point eight yards per carry. I-, I think that he can come back as a restricted free agent in two thousand and twenty two. I think it's or I think he's still under control or whatever. But I got to see more from him before I can really put him as one of the offensive weapons. To be yeah, honest with he- you, so I. I yeah. do think they're going to take a running back. And so he put, right, the, so he put it on the ground too a little bit as well, Al. Like he, he did, did right? Yeah, he did. Time, he yeah. did fumble. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Kyle didn't seem like he was too keen on him when he had a chance to play him. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. All right. And it, as we round out the offense, it wouldn't be a show unless we talk about the quarterback position. All right. We're not going to get We've talked about this at nauseum. We're going to talk about it more as a draft. I, I don't think we're going to know really what's going on with the 49ers quarterback situation in, until the draft. If it were me, if they have a guy that they really like, whether it's Mac Jones or Justin Fields or Traylon, whoever it is, because I don't think they're going to get be able to get Wilson or Lawrence. Go get him. That's how I feel about that. But the way it's looking right now at, at quarterback, it, it looks like on the surface right now, Garoppolo could be the guy to run it back with for at least one more year. But John Lynch talked about, all right, he wants to, they need to insulate themselves because Jimmy's hurt all the time. So they were looking at Joe Flacco, and I know a lot of Niners fans were not happy about that. I thought it was fine. Listen, I know Flacco is not what he was 10 years ago, and I know people had issues with him, but talking about a backup, a backup 
who's won 10 playoff games, who quarterbacks six playoff teams, it was a freaking Super Bowl MVP for a backup. If he's starting, I'm not happy. But if he if Flacco had to come in and play five games, I think he could have gone three and two with this team. It's a good team around him. And that's all I'm looking for is a backup that's not going to blow up the game. That's not going to be Nick Mullins and have 15 turnovers and eight starts. Huge turnovers, game-changing turnovers. That's what I was looking for. And now flat with Sacco, Sacco, that's me, <laughs> Flacco <laughs> signing with the Eagles. I don't really know where they're going to go at a backup position. Is it, is it something where, where maybe they would trade for Sam Darnold and then he's your backup? And I'm not giving him a second-round pick for a backup. So I don't, I don't really know where they're going to go there. And that is, again, is a concern for me because, again, the Niners look like they're running this team back for a year. And then in 2022, we'll kind of see what happens. But if they have this ready-made playoff roster now and you've got Tart on a one-year deal and Brett on a one-year deal and whoever else, you need somebody back there to pull the trigger. So they do, if they are going to run it back with Jimmy, they do have to protect themselves. And right now, I don't see where it's coming from unless they take a first-round pick because any other quarterback you take in the draft is going to be developmental. And I don't want to hear about Josh Rosen because the guy was on the practice squad last year. The guy couldn't beat out Blaine Gabbert last year. Mm-hmm. Nobody else took him off a practice squad last year. So for the people saying like, oh, well, Josh Rosen's going to be, you know, Kyle's going to work miracles with him. He's, you cannot, I don't even know if Rosen's going to make the team. I mean, he's a reclamation project. You can't look at him in any other way, I don't think. So I am concerned about that as well. And I think with good reason, because we've seen two seasons go down the tubes already because of injuries, if hit the quarterback position. Niners still have to do something here. And I don't know if we're going to get an answer until the draft, but another thing that I am concerned about is that for sure. I was hoping that Joe Flacco would end up here because then we can hear, we can make the podcast title like, you know, Sacco talks about Flacco, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're pretty awesome, but uh, yeah, well, I guess we we really missed a golden opportunity there, Zane. <laughs> we did, we did. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I've been sitting on my, I've been sitting on that one for a while, by the way. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that. <laughs> um, so let me just put this out there. Um, Sam Darnold sucks. I'm sorry, like Sam Darnold's terrible. Like, if you look at the like, look, he he has some good some good tape, some good highlights. But when you look at his decision making and you look at the fact that like, yes, Adam Gase is a bad coach and this and that, but like guys can still have something to show under a bad coach, like some ability to show under a bad coach. And the fact that like, you know, he doesn't have any, any sort of reputable tape that we can look at from the NFL, like even like a little bit, some guys, I mean, I hate to say, but some guys just suck Al, like they're not good. How, what's when's the last time you heard of any first round pick reclamation project going to a new team and succeeding? It doesn't it doesn't happen very often. So to me, like that whole idea of Sam Darnold coming in and and potentially being a, a candidate to take over at starter, it's just not going to work. And I think that Kyle knows that he's a really smart dude, and he's not going to hitch his wagon to Sam Darnold. He's not. Now as a backup, maybe. Maybe he can do that. But right now, like if you look at all the backup options, like Andy Dalton, Ryan, Brian Fitzpatrick, Joe Flacco himself, I think he signed with the Eagles. Like, I mean, all these guys are gone at this point. Trubisky is over there in Buffalo, up by you in Buffalo. And at this point, like, who are you going to roll with? Like, you're not bringing Mullins back. You're not bringing CJ back. We know that. You've got Rosen on the roster. He's not a backup. He's a, he's a practice squad guy. So I think that, like, you may see them take a, a, a quarterback, not in the first round, but like in the first few rounds, like a second, third round guy. Like, do they, do they like the kid for Florida? Like Kyle Trask, do they like him enough to take him in the second or third round. Uh, if Mac Jones falls to the second round, which I don't think he will, some team's going to be desperate in the, the end of the first round and jump up to get him. 
Did you get a Mac Jones to sit the bench for a year? Like, what do you do at this point? Like, I can see them potentially getting a, a rookie quarterback. And I've, I've been on record on Twitter saying this, that like the best course of action right now to me for the future, because Jimmy is such an unknown with his history, injury history. If you're going to run it back with Jimmy, you have to draft a rookie to sit behind him to potentially take the reins from him next year if he can't do it. So oh, Mac Jones might knock it out of the top 10. I think really? he's going to go. I think so. I think he's no going to go. With that, body? I think he's going to go. <laughs> I think he's going to go. Yeah, I do. I think I think a lot of teams need a quarterback, and I I think somebody's going to take. Yeah, I do. Whether whether it's whether Carolina or somebody trades up for him, I, I think the Patriots would take him. I, I know they pick at fifteen, but I think somebody's going to take him. Freaking McCorky Jones? Are mm-hmm. you kidding me? McCorkle? You know, here's the, you know, but the thing with Jones, he reminds me of. And I keep saying it. He's like a Kirk Cousins type, and if you if he gets in the right system to me. Like a system like the 49ers, I think he could be fine. He's gonna be pretty good. If you look at the draft, Kirk Cousins came out. I want to say Andrew Luck was in that draft. I know Russell Wilson was. I, he would have been like the third. If, if you if you knew then what you know now, Kirk Cousins would have been third or fourth pick in that draft. Yeah. And I think the same thing with Jones. I think wherever he goes, if he goes to a good spot for him, I think he's he's going to be a decent starter. I, I do. I think he's going to be okay. I don't think he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but I think he, he can be maybe like Kirk Cousins. So mm-hmm. I think somebody's going to come up and get him. I, I do. I do. And, and what yeah. you said about um, Darnold, yeah, my issue with him is he's kind of brings the same baggage Jimmy does, right? I mean, he's got a higher ceiling, but you still get the turnover rate. Yeah. He still misses games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darnold doesn't excite me at all. Not at no. all. No. I think that the Niners – so the thing is we also have to understand that like Kyle's at a certain point in his career as a head coach of the Niners that like if you were in year like one or two, sure, you, you make that pick, right? You, 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 can, you can do that. You've got that time and, and the ability to do it. But look, man. We've, we're, we're looking at the window right now. It's one to two years for them to get this thing turned around before like a little bit of pressure starts getting applied to Kyle to win, right? Like at that point, two years later, you're going into year seven. Um, and if you haven't won by that point or haven't at least competed by that point, I, I think that the heat is on to you at that point. Deservedly so, because you should have done something by that point. So I think that they know that. They're bringing back guys that they trust. It's uh, the, the biggest theme that I've heard through free agency, Trent Williams kind of echoed it. Was like it's like a family. Kyle Uchek said the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a family atmosphere that the Warriors have going, and I think that that Kyle and John Lynch and Adam Peters deserve all the credit. When Mark Mayhew as well, that now departed, deserve all the credit in the world. And Jed and Parag too, because they've they've stepped back. They've stepped back like a lot. They haven't interfered as much as we typically see them interfering. They're like, okay, you guys, you guys got this. We're going to take a step back, and you guys, you guys can handle it. And I think from a culture standpoint, it's worked out. Like it's not translating on the field for different reasons, right? Injuries and things like that. But I think that that goes a long way. So um, kind of going off topic here, but the quarterback position, going back to that. Yeah, man, I think they're going to fill through the draft. I think that what's going to happen is that Jimmy will be the starter for at least this year. They'll draft somebody to sit behind him. And if Jimmy falters, either you're going to see that kid play. It's going to be a quarterback that can step in and start a couple of games right away. Like, you know, maybe, maybe a Kyle Trask or maybe Mac Jones. I don't know. We'll see. But like at that point, you know, we're not going to know until the draft. So I'm, I'm with you. And it's, it's going to be a difficult year for Jimmy regardless, unless he balls out. Cause even if he comes back, I mean, God forbid he gets hurt. People are going to mm-hmm. lose their minds, but yeah. he's got to play well. He starts turning the ball over. I mean, week one, there's a couple turnovers week one. If there's somebody sitting behind him, like a Mac Jones or whoever, you're going to start hearing, hearing the whispers. People are going to start. It, it's, it's going to be a tough season for him unless he balls out. If he comes out and plays well right away, people are going to shut up. But if he's injured or the turnover thing continues, 
you know, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting. So, but we'll, we'll see what happens with all that. Again, there's a lot of time to talk about the quarterbacks and, and we have done that already at nauseum and we're going to do it more at nauseum. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move to the defense and let's start, I guess let's start with the D line here because little bit of a surprise, actually a lot of a surprise. So I was told Niners were looking into some pass rushers and the names that I thought I wasn't giving any names, but the names I thought was not the guy they signed. Um, I was shocked mm-hmm. that they signed Samson and I'm going to butcher his last name too, but Ibukam, Ibukam, is that how you say it? Ibukam. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's look, it's it's a two year deal, not a ton of money. He he had some good games for the Rams. I know I remember at least one game against the Niners. He played really well. He's going to be a speed type rusher. Um, he'll be he'll be a pass rusher for them. That's probably mostly what he'll do. Again, not a lot of money. High upside there. Thought it was a good signing. I was intrigued by it. I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't see that coming at all. So he's going to join a defensive line that again now all of a sudden looks looks pretty good. You're going to have Bosa, and again, you got to hope he comes back healthy. Assuming he does, you got Bosa, you have DJ Jones coming back, who's incredibly underrated on early downs, athletic guy. You're going to have Javon Kinlaw, and then you'll have Armstead probably playing wide on base downs, and then he'll hopefully move inside on passing downs, because I think he's better there, and Ibukam will go on the outside on passing downs. And then, then there's been some whispers about D, maybe D Ford can play, but look, we're hard on Jimmy, and we're, we're going to be here like, oh yeah, D Ford can play. D, we can't trust D Ford. <laughs> You know, yeah. for all the slack we give Jimmy, and rightfully so, so but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, gee, I hope D Ford can play. Like, come on. I, I have less faith in that than I do with Garoppolo. I didn't think, look, if he plays, awesome. That's a huge plus. But come on. I, I have no faith in that whatsoever. None. But regardless, the defensive line still looks like it, it, it's, it's pretty good. And, and there is some depth there with some of these other guys. They just signed, who was it, Zach Kerr from the Panthers, yeah. um, who was, who's a nose tackle. Who, who can play behind Jones. He's, he's a vet guy. Um, and, and, you know, and they just, Jordan Willis, they just brought back as another edge guy, maybe like second team edge guy. So there's some depth there again, and it, it could be a pretty good group. And I'm, I, I, I don't think it's gonna be 2019 defensive line, but a solid group for the Niners. Yeah. And interesting note on Zach Kerr, kind of like an under the radar signing. Uh, he was Carolina's best defender last year, according to pro football focus. So that's something that's kind of significant. Uh, and he actually has a better pass rush grade. He had one of the better pass rush grades in the NFL, top 10 in the NFL um, for defensive tackles. And this is a guy who was on a one-year contract who you can interchange with DJ Jones or put him next to DJ Jones on passing downs and, and let them go to work if, they, if you don't want to, if you want to stay in your base defense. But this is the group, Al. I think that this, this defensive line and say what you want about Arizona and J.J. Watt and stuff. I, he's a shell of his former self. But I feel like this defensive line rivals Arizona's as the best, best in, the, uh, in the division. And if Bosa plays the way that we know he can play, I think that they can probably be better than, than the defensive line that Arizona fields. And the reason why is because Arizona's defensive line doesn't stop the run. They just, they just like to rush the passer, right? The Niners, they can do both. That's what makes Bosa so valuable is that he's very good against the run and against the pass. So. We'll see. We'll see what happens this year. But I think that they were targeting maybe a pass rusher in the draft at, at 12 if somebody fell to them or later. Um, I've heard Russo's name put together there. I've heard a couple of other guys there uh, that, they, that they may be targeting. But again, it'll be, like a, it'll be more like a depth signing because I think that they're going to rotate opposite Bosa. They're going to rotate that pass rusher. Um, you know, Kerry Hyder just signed with the Seahawks. That sucks. But I think that... Um, you know, he, he earned his payday and that was one of the guys that was hoping he would be back, but 
he was way out of the Niners price range. So he's, he's he going to be in Seattle. A lot more money than I thought he would. I thought he yep. was going to sign somewhere in like a one-year deal. That was I mean, good for him. Yeah. I mean, like the guy, the guy has been signing one-year deals pretty much his entire career. So I don't blame him for getting the bag now. It's like, yeah, right, good like, for him. A, Get your money, man. Yeah. He, he had a great, a great year last year. I'm happy for him. I'm not happy that he's on the Seahawks, but I'm happy for him. He's the second best pass rusher now in Seahawks next to Jamal Adams, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, I hate that team. Yeah. All right. So moving over to the secondary. Again, this is a very interesting season because everybody's excited. Brought back Verat, brought back Tart, Jimmy Ward's there. Emmanuel Mosley signed a two-year deal. As of re- we're recording this, we don't know what's happening with, with Kwan Williams. I hope the Niners can bring him back, but slot corner right now is still a huge need, right? Johnson is not going to play slot corner for them. <laughs> he, he, he's going he's gonna to be a special teams guy. I know they brought him back for a season, but, but he's not going to play slot corner. So they'll have to figure that out, but they, they look okay. Again, you, have to, you still have Tervarius, Tervarius Moore there. You still have Marcel Harris there at the safety position. They look like they're okay minus that slot spot, slot spot on the surface. But the secondary right now is a bunch of one-year Band-Aids. And it's great for this season, but they still need some kind of a long-term plan there. Even Jimmy Ward, they have a potential out for him after this season. I highly doubt you know, he's going to get 11-5 in 2022. He might, but there's a possibility they can move on from him too. So you have Ward on a one, maybe another two years back there. Tart's on a one-year deal. Verrett's on a one-year deal. Mosley's on a one-year deal. You don't have a slot corner. Still a lot of work to do there. Yeah, are we okay this year? I hope so, because Jason Verrett played six games in four years. So I'm not going to do backflips that he's going to be this number one lockdown corner for 16 games. I don't know that he is. Hoping that he is. He had a great season last year. I hope he can continue it, but I don't, I don't know that he's going to. So, and that'll lead us into our draft conversation that we're going to go into in a second here, but there is no long-term plan right now for me in the secondary. Which which worries me a little bit. So yeah, everybody's you know we're high fiving right now for 2021, but beyond that, they need more there. I think. Yeah, and I think that they're hoping that beyond this year, the pass rush will be able to make the corners look better. Because as we know, you remember those big Fangio defenses with the Smith brothers on on both sides, and you know they were it was what was it Terrell Brown and and Carlos Rogers for the corners yeah. at that time, right? So Chris Col- Chris Culliver, guys like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Chris Culliver was the nickel guy. So it was like a bunch of nobodies. I mean Carl- Carlos Rogers was like a first former first round pick, but he was having a disappointing career up till then. But it was a bunch of nobodies that were made into stars because the pass rush was getting there with only four guys. So I think they're hoping to replicate some more of that. Um but a guy like Jace Horn, who said he wants to play for the Niners. If, I mean, obviously, it's not his choice. It's where he gets drafted. A guy like Patrick Sertain, like, if they fall, if either of those guys fall to number 12, like, again, I'm highly considering one of those guys. There's Asante Samuels' kid who's coming out this year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be in the, the, middle, the, the middle rounds, probably second or third round. So there are options there, and you're probably going to see them doubling up and maybe – either trying to stash these guys like lower on the depth chart or on a practice squad. Because again, this is one of those years where I think they're semi going for it or going for it. And you don't have a lot of room for rookies to start. Otherwise, if, if that were the case, they would not have brought back who they brought back. And again, k Williams is still a free agent. He's still out there. We don't know what he's going to do. He's been visiting with a bunch of teams. He went to Kansas City to visit, left there without a deal. And he's still on the board. The Niners are trying to recruit him to come back. If he can come back, then I think that I'll feel a lot better. But you don't have a slot corner right now. It's a hard position to play. 
there are not a lot of guys in the league that can play it as well as Williams did. So if you draft a guy, you could move, move Mosley down there. You could move Ward down there to platoon down there and put Harris at, at the deep free safety. There's a lot of things that they can do, but it requires depth. So they are going to double up in the draft, I think, and maybe triple up. You'll see at least two corners chosen in the draft, whether it's early or late, we'll see. Um, and I don't know if there's anybody still in the market that they would want because it seems like you have your starters on, on the boundaries at least. Uh, it looks like you just need that slot corner, and I'm not sure if there's anybody in the market that they can afford. They trust as much as they would if it were Camel Williams. So. And now looking at the draft, you, you mentioned those corners. I try to look at past the, what teams have done in the past. What is what has this franchise done in the past? And you look at the 49ers first round picks, Solomon Thomas, high first round picks when they've had a pick, you know, 15 or, or, or higher. Solomon Thomas, Mike McGlinchey, Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, they, they draft on the lines, right? It, it mm. seems like, like, like that's where they are. So I wouldn't rule them out taking a tackle and maybe flipping McGlinchey wouldn't rule them out just taking a pass rusher because that, that's what they do. You can never have enough pass rushers. Wouldn't rule it out at all. But the biggest need, if you take whatever you think quarterback out of the situation, the biggest need is at corner. They kind of need a long-term answer at corner. And like you mentioned, you mentioned Horn or, or Sertain. If, if one of those guys are there, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because then maybe you got a guy you could pencil in for the next four or five years. He's one of our starters on the outside. Yeah, end of story. That makes the most sense. They haven't shown that they really draft that way in the past. It's more, you know, we're going to take in a Killer Witherspoon in, in the third round. We're going to take a Tarverius more in the third round. Do they have a guy that they like there that they want to plug in? Maybe, you know, what we'll see. But I'm, uh, well, I think it's a huge need. And I wouldn't be upset if they took a cornerback. I, I would be all for it. Don't know that they're going to do that. And this this draft is really very interesting to me in that way. Are they going to go offensive line if someone like Slater is there just because he's such a good player? Do they trade down? Do they draft for need at, at corner? Or do they like one of these quarterbacks? And you keep seeing these mock drafts, the Niners trading up for Justin Fields or, or whatever it is. I still think Mac Jones is the guy to watch just because he has Kyle Shanahan written all over him to me. But that's this draft is so 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 interesting to me because of that. Where are they going to go? I don't think anyone really knows. Um, and you know, we always talk about the Niners being tight lipped and in no leaks and that sort of thing. If they liked one of these quarterbacks a lot, would anybody know? Right. Mm-hmm. So if they're tight lipped and there's no leaks, maybe, maybe no one has, has any idea what 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 they're doing. Things tend to get out regardless of how tight lipped people are, but still. Um, but, you know, interested to see where, where they go, because I think that first round pick will tell you a lot about just what they think about their, their future in general, their future of Garoppolo, the future of the guys they have. It's, it's going to be a very telling first round for the 49ers this year. I'm going to go ahead and make the call that they're not going to trade up to, to draft a quarterback. They're not going to they're not going to do that. And the reason why is because this is not like we look at the past draft history, right, of the team. That includes not selling the farm to be able to get up to get a quarter. I mean, if one falls to them, that's another that's another deal. But they're not trading up to the top five to get a quarterback. That's just that's not their style. Parag is in, tra- in charge of the trades. We know this now, and it's not his style to do that. They'll trade up like a couple picks, you know, like here and there, or maybe like if they're in the back the back half of the first round, they may trade up into like the middle of the first round. But they're not going to mortgage future picks when you have all these one-year contracts and expiring contracts next year 
to get a quarterback and then you open up a bunch of holes next year that you can't fill with what you would need to have draft pick score. So I know that draft picks, a lot of people are, are overrated, but they serve a purpose, right? Like everything serves a purpose in the NFL, right? Free agents, draft picks, all this stuff. And the purpose to me of a draft pick, not only is, do you get like a younger player who may be more productive than an aging old veteran, but you also get that cap relief because it's a much lower cap um, hit for a rookie than it is for what it, than what it would be for a free agent in most cases. And you have that player under team control basically for four years. And that can buy you some time to be able to reevaluate and reassess and retool your team. But if you, if you give up multiple picks like that to get up to get one guy, you essentially forfeit the opportunity to add those contracts to your roster. And when you're up against the cap, that's a big deal. So this has nothing to do with like, oh, Jimmy or, or the rookies or how much people like them. This, this is like economics, Al, right? This is, this is based on what, what it is, is that if you trade up, if you trade three picks to get like Deshaun Watson, who's in a heap of legal trouble, but we're not going to touch that because that, that's ongoing right now. And I don't really want to comment on that. But if you trade a heap of picks to get quarterback X and you lose those picks in the future, that's three or four or five rookie contracts you just lost out on. And yeah, the upside is you get the quarterback. But the downside is that you need to surround him with players that are going to grow with him. Um, so I don't think they're going to trade up. I don't think they're going to get Lawrence or Wilson or uh, really maybe even, uh, you know, maybe Mac Jones is involved in them. But Fields is completely out of the question, too. The top three are completely out of the question. Maybe Mac Jones or Lance may fall to them. Lance, to me, is not experienced enough. Like, he's too raw. And I'm not sure if Kyle has that sort of patience right now with his roster, like, with what, where he's at in his coaching career to be able to take that challenge on Mac Jones is much more of a pro passer. So yeah, I mean, like I, if, if it were to be a guy and it's not one of the top three, I would say, yeah, it's probably Mac Jones or fields because we know that Kyle values certain things and sorry, Mac Jones over um, Lance, not fields. Um, we know that Kyle values certain things in his quarterbacks, right? And they're things that may not be valued by other coaches because Kyle has a different eye than other coaches do. That's why he drafted CJ. Right. So what what if Kyle is willing to reset though? What if, what if the thinking now is he he knows he's not going anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. They've told him privately or whatever. You listen, you were in the Super Bowl la- two years ago. Last year was a bunch of injuries. You know, assuming this year is not a disaster, you're not going anywhere. You're here for the next three or four years, no doubt. He knows that. Let's say, okay, mm-hmm. maybe he wants to reset. Maybe he's going to take a run with this team and say, "I love." Again, I'm just saying spitballing. Justin Fields, love him. I'm going up to get him. If we take a step back in 2022, so be it because I have my franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that's a possibility. Maybe it's not. Maybe he's okay with Garoppolo and, and whatever. But I really think that it's that is a definite possibility that there could be a reset or maybe kind of a reload thing maybe happening in 2022. I don't unless Jimmy has an amazing season. I, I cannot imagine he's back in 2022. I, I can't. Not after everything that, that's gone on. They're, they're constantly looking to upgrade. He, he's, he's been injured. To me, the writing's on the wall with that. I know some people disagree, but to me, unless he comes out and has a monster season, it, it's going to be the same song and dance next year too. So yeah. maybe Kyle knows, look, it's okay if in 2022 we go seven and nine or six and 10, if we're breaking in a new quarterback, because I know I'm going to be here. So maybe he expects a good year this year, whatever, 10 wins. I, I freaking hope so. Certainly can't have another 10 loss season. 
So we 10 wins in the next year. All right, we'll take a step back because I know the next four years I got my guy behind center. That's, that's kind of what I wonder. And again, there's enough smoke around this that we've seen, you know, McShay and guys like that mocking the quarterback to the 49ers. You kind of say, oh, all right, maybe there's something to that. So I'm not going to believe that they're not going to take a quarterback until I see it. <laughs> until yeah. draft day comes and, and, and they take somebody else, I won't believe it. That's just kind of where I am right now. Because I don't think they trust Garoppolo. I, I think there's frustration there. I, I want to say, I, I, actually, I know there's frustration there to some degree. They can like say they like him all they want to, whatever else. Listen, they haven't even talked to the media since in months. And there's been all this speculation about the quarterback, and they haven't come out and said anything. So, you know, I know Lynch had that one, inter- Lynch had that yeah, one interview, but okay. Let me yeah. rephrase that. Kyle, the guy who actually makes the decision, has not said anything. So yeah, I mean, like, Kyle hasn't <laughs> said anything about anybody, though, right? Like he hasn't really. Yeah, but yeah, thing, but they're not the out there. Time. They're not out there. Oh, here we go. We're going to the quarterback thing. <laughs> they're not out there. Like, oh, you know, we don't know about Nick Bosa. You know, we don't know about George Kittle. Yeah, Jimmy's and every single talk show, every talking head, whether you respect the guy or don't respect the guy whether it's clowns like us or, or somebody respected like Peter King. They had Kyle Juszczyk on Good Morning Football. It was yesterday or today. I don't know my days. But Tom Pelissero, I think it was him, asked him about Garoppolo. He said, hey, that's all we've been talking about. What do you think about Garoppolo? It's all anyone is talking about. He, Garoppolo has been getting dragged left and right and knocked down and everything else. And people could say, oh, well, it's the business. You know how I feel about this. His name has been dragged through the mud for months months they did not restructure his contract you could say well they didn't need to they didn't need the cap room okay whatever they still could have restructured it and added more money or done to add more years and make sure he's there they didn't do that because they want to be able to walk away when they want to be able to walk away it's that simple they can walk away from jimmy at any time they want to keep it that way that is so telling to me they could say listen we're going to restructure your deal you're locked in here for the next two years you're our guy they're not doing that and they're not going to do that because they want the flexibility to upgrade because they feel they can upgrade from that position. Yeah. It's just that simple. Is, right. But the thing is here, here, Ali. Oh, by the way, we never talked about linebackers, by the way. You know, they're fine. We, <laughs> we love your Fred Warner, Xenia. They're fine. Yeah. Great law, Warner. You're awesome. I'll share you. You guys, you guys are great. Are great. Like, that's, the one, that's the one position group I'm not worried about at all on this team. That's the best position group, in my opinion, in the league. These linebackers, those three guys, they're the best in the league, right? So I'm not even worried about those guys. We're good. <laughs> we, structure, we structure Jimmy and extend Fred. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. not going to do yeah. it. Oh. Yeah. So here, here's the thing with, with Jimmy, again, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? They're not going to restructure him because that adds years and guaranteed money and they're not sold on him. So they're not going to do that. Right. They're not going to commit, but here's the flip side of that. Why aren't they going to commit? And only they know this, the only, they know the answer to this. Nobody else knows. We're all speculating, right? Including the national guys, right? Nobody, unless, unless you work inside 49, 49, you know, Centennial or Bill Walsh way or whatever it's called now, you don't know the answer to this, right? The, I do, the, and I'm going to tell you why when you're done. But okay. <laughs> okay. The, the question. Well, the question the answer. So the, the question is: Okay, why are they looking to upgrade? Is it because he's injured all the time, and you can't rely on this guy because he's setting your team back? Because you have to have your quarterback for to be able to have any chance of being successful, or are they upgrading because he sucks? Okay. Nobody knows the answer to this. We're assuming that oh, it's a combination of both. He's he sucks. He's an average quarterback. Oh, and he stays injured. But what if he's not? What if he's not an average quarterback in Kyle's eyes? What if he's not an average quarterback for John Lynch? What if they're just upgrading him because 
of the sole fact that he can't stay on the field, which is a big deal. And I admit that's a huge deal. What if they're upgrading him just because of that? Nobody knows the answer to that. Here's why I think they want to upgrade from him, because Garoppolo ranked 31st in intended air yards per attempt in 2019 and 32nd in 2020. Do we care about intended air yards? Not really if the offense is moving. But even though he wasn't throwing the ball downfield, he still had the seventh worst interception percentage at 2.7 in 2019 and the second worst in 2020 at 3.6. That is too many interceptions considering he does not push the ball down the field. Now, his playoff interception percentage was 5.1. Now you're going to say, were they all his fault? Well, according to, this is Football Outsiders, Garoppolo's 2019 adjusted interception percentage which accounts for interceptions off receivers' hands, dropped interceptions by the defense, all that stuff. 3.6%. Only Jameis Winston, Kyle Allen, Phillip Rivers, Baker Mayfield, Andy Dalton, and Daniel Jones were worse in 2019. And Jimmy's adjusted interception percentage in the playoffs, 10%. And in terms of overall, he's had 34 turnovers and 33 starts with the Niners. And obviously, we know the injuries that he's played about half the time. And even with New England, he started two of four possible games when Brady was out. So that's why I think I think those are the issues that Kyle has with them. Those are the issues that have caused the Niners to lose 10 games to the last three years. They got to figure something else out. That's just what I think. We'll, we'll talk about it more when we get back to the draft, to the, whatever we were. When the hell? It's been months since we've been on, right? I don't even know. We're coming back. Yeah, I don't know. We, yeah, so I we'll be <laughs> back probably around the draft. I would think. We'll yeah, do we'll do the draft show. preview show for sure. Yeah, definitely, we'll and then we'll do a, a post draft show. So we'll definitely get into that. Then we'll see where we are, and we'll talk about that. And maybe we'll we'll bring a guest on or somebody too to talk. To talk Croc, about we owe Croc. Croc was supposed to come on when when we had a new quarterback, and that never happened. So oh Croc, yeah, you're listening Croc, to this, bro. Croc, you're coming on. You're, yeah, Croc, you Croc's, on, all, Croc's always fun yeah. to have on. Definitely, and um. We'll see if we can do some NFL Network or something like that too. We'll 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 try to get some guests going with the next couple of shows we do. But but yeah, let's talk about. Um, listen, I'm I'm to end, to put put a bow on this thing. I'm very happy with what the Niners are, have done, but I can't really wax poetic until I start to see some sustained success on the field. That's kind of where I am with it. So hopefully they put another good good season together and and we get rolling with a few a few years of playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's really hard because it's like, I see the potential that this team can have. It's just like stuff always happens to derail them. Right. I feel like I, I'm in my heart of hearts. I really feel like they made the Super Bowl too soon. And and it was one year too early. I, I feel like if Kyle and Jimmy had one more year to work together and they like Jimmy understood the offense better and Kyle knew his limitations with Jimmy better. Like, I feel like that they really would have won that game against Kansas city and uh, because they would have known how to put it away. But I, I think that like they really peaked a year too early and now you're, you're chasing it now because you didn't win it. And I think that's a really hard position to be in the NFL because a lot of teams don't get back and, and we'll see if they can. But man, like, again, we're kicking the can down the road for one more year, right? With everything. All right. these contracts with Jimmy, everything. We're kicking it down the, down, the, down the road for one more year. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. But still, so far, so good. Headed in the right direction try to stay positive and hopefully they'll actually cut some breaks in 2021. So, all right, Zane, it was good to be back, man. I felt a little rusty yeah. today, but I definitely felt rusty on the show, but we'll get back into it. We'll get back in the flow. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's getting, getting back on the bicycle, but Hey, we did this one, one take Alan Zane. We did this in one take too. For those of you who don't know, we do this in one take. Okay. There's no <laughs> editing just, or chopping or stuff. This is like all hundred percent authentic. 
we just talk. We just talk, we just talk exactly. shit. That's all we do. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> all right, man. Good to be back with everybody. Um, until next time, for Zane, this is Al. Thank you. Peace.